Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. It's so good to see you in the room. Come on, let's, let's pray and ask God to meet us in this moment. Father, we thank you for your presence that is in this place. We thank you that today we stand in this gathering that will be unshakable until the day that you return. That we are a part of something that is eternal. We are a part of something that belongs to you. And we ask Jesus you receive your worship, receive, receive your glory, receive your honor, receive your worship that is due to you. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. One more time. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Yes, be, be seated. So good to see you this morning. I want to welcome everybody watching us online. All of our first-time guests, come on, can we give them a great hand? Say thank you for being here today. And I want to to invite you to do something, and we've done this many, many times over the years, uh, but I want to invite you to try Saturday night. And last night was incredible. We kicked off our weekend with an amazing service, and uh, we're, we're doing fall nights on Saturday nights, and I, I recognize some of you, uh, in, you may work, or there may be reasons why you come at the service you come to, but some of you may have flexibility in your schedule, and I want to ask you, to, can we just make room for more? Can we make room for more people? Can we make room for more people to become building blocks in God's house? Make room for people to uh, step into this room, encounter the presence of God in the room. And one of the ways we do that is Sundays fill up and we have space on Saturday night. It's an incredible environment. Uh, Fall nights at Saturday night are amazing. We had a great time. We'd love to see you here. And so would you consider next weekend, I'm not uninviting you from church, I'm just inviting you to a different service on Saturday night. Would you, would you join us on Saturday night? Those of you that watch online and you're in our local community, I want to give you an invitation. It's awesome that you're online, but there is nothing like being in this room right here, uh, gathered with people. And I want to encourage you to be in church. And I think just moving to Saturday night, it's amazing how something simple can have such an incredible impact. Like, how can I be a building block? How can I help build the house of God? Just, just giving up a seat on Sunday and moving to Saturday night is one of those incredible ways to do it. You guys ready for the Word of God today? 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. We're going to have this memorized by the time this collection is done. We've been in a collection called Living Stone, and we're talking about 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5 talking about Jesus being our living stone. And Peter says this, you are coming to Christ who is the living, living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please 
God, I want to preach a message called adding on. How many of you believe that God is still adding on to his church today, still building his church in, in the world? And I'm going to put a disclaimer on this message today uh, because I found out something. I traveled and I preached mainly in the South when I was younger and would preach revivals and camp meetings and special services. And I preached in every little church house and hen house, maybe a few outhouses. I've just preached and, and, and I noticed something as I went from church to church to church preaching is when I would preach on personal blessing, church would be super responsive. When, when the message was not on personal blessing, but it was on something corporate, about being sacrificially dedicated to God's house, people weren't as responsive to the message like it was when it was something about God wanting to bless you. Now, here's the deal. I believe God wants to bless you. Uh, I believe God has great things in store for your life, but I just want to put a disclaimer because this is not a message that if you tithe one time, you're going to go home and find that there's a unicorn and a pot of gold in your backyard and like, you know, all this amazing stuff is going to happen because you tithe one time. I do believe that generosity opens the windows of heaven, and we'll talk about that, but this is a message about the church. In other words, this isn't a message that is about you, but this is a message that is for you. And a lot of people want blessing, but can I just give you uh, something that I, I believe is a principle that you can live your life by, and that is the way that you get the blessing of God isn't by trying to get God involved in what you're doing but it's getting involved with what God is doing. That's how you get the blessing of God on your life. And so today, I, I may not be preaching about, you, you know, how God's going to do some extraordinary thing in this specific thing in your life and, and, and all of that. I'm going to just preach about the church. Anybody grateful for the church of Jesus Christ? I'm just going to preach about the church. And I'm going to preach about what it is. And I'm going to encourage you to do something. I'm going to encourage you to give your life away for something that's better, that's something that's bigger than yourself. And I promise you what you will find is the principle of scripture is true, is if you give your life away, God will give it back to you better than you ever could have imagined. And I want to, I want to just talk about the church today. And I, I, I've been a daydreamer all of my life. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm an internal processor and so I get lost in my own head. Anybody, anybody just a daydreamer, like drove, drove my parents crazy, my teachers crazy, would just be lost in my head. So sometimes I space out. I'll be sitting in a meeting and I'll just, like my body will be in the room, but my mind and my brain will be somewhere else. And there'll be a whole conversation going on. And because I've not been there, I will rejoin the conversation based on what's going on in my head. And then I'll notice in the room that everybody is wondering, what in the world are you talking about right now? Like, what, what, are, what are you talking about? Anybody have any friends that just simply can't follow a conversation? Like, this is the simplest thing. We were talking about this, then we were talking about this. Now, you are coming from Kansas. We don't know, like, what... This, this happened, this interesting thing happened to me at work today. Oh my God, that same thing happened to me. And then your third friend is like, I love jelly beans. And you're like, that's not at all appropriate. Like that is, this is now train wreck. You have crashed this conversation. We started here. Now we're here and we're going in this direction. When Peter talks about the imagery and gives us the imagery of a living stone. 
The, the imagery of a living stone is this giant uh, boulder. Really, probably a better way to imagine it would be a, a large, large, large foundation. And then he says that we are, as individuals, living stones. I love the way Pastor Kevin Gerald uh, describes the church, because I want to have a conversation today about what Christianity is and about what church is, is I feel like we need to define those two things. And I love the way Pastor Kevin says that he says, Christians are what we are individually, but the church is what we are collectively. It's what we do when we get together. And Peter is talking about this principle that Jesus is our living stone. He's the massive foundation that everybody can build on. And, and in, in a similar manner, we are living stones. So we're not the foundation. We're not the center of this. But we can become a part of it by building our lives on Jesus that we would be added on to the living stone. You see what I did there? The message title's adding on. I'm brilliant that way. Jesus, Jesus is the living stone and we are the add-ons. And, and we're building on Jesus. What, what is the church and what are we doing here today? We are the continuation of the ministry of Jesus. What Jesus began on the earth 2,000 years ago, he spoke to his followers and said, greater works shall you do also. I'm going to go away uh, in my person form, in the form of the human, both God, divine, human Jesus. But when I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back to you and I'm going to empower you and the ministry that I did. It's not going to just be done through me. It's going to be through my body all over the world and greater works shall you do also. And there's a, there's a lot of thoughts about what church should be, about what Christianity should be. And that's why Peter identifies Jesus as the cornerstone. The, the cornerstone was a stone that was set. It was the first stone that was set. So you would set the cornerstone, so then once the cornerstone was set and it was perfect, then you could add every other stone onto the building, and you could tell whether or not the stone was a part of the building by whether or not it was aligned with the cornerstone. The, the cornerstone gave the, the, the building direction, and it gave it alignment, and so Jesus, according to Peter, is, is the cornerstone so if you miss the beginning, if you get out of alignment with what was happening in the first, then, then you're, you're missing what was the beginning of the conversation. Jesus was the cornerstone so that when we step into this moment, what we're looking at is we're looking at who Jesus is and we're saying that what we do has to align with who Jesus was and we can look back and know whether or not we are in the building, whether or not we are in alignment with who we're supposed to be by looking at Jesus as our cornerstone and, and, and sometimes there's this conversation that's happening and people are trying to talk about what church should be but what they're not doing is looking back looking at who Jesus is 
because the way that we figure out what church is, is we look back and look at who Jesus is. And when we look back at who Jesus is, it doesn't matter how well aligned the church is with culture. What matters is how well aligned is church with Jesus. And a lot of times people are having this conversation about what church should be and what they're talking about isn't actually church, it's something different than church. There's this game that people play and they're like, you know, no, you're saying this, and but what I'm saying is this. And like it kind of goes back and forth, all the cool kids are playing it right now. Like, no, you said this, but I'm saying this. And one of the things we need to do right now is we need to just kind of talk back and we need to tell some people know what you're saying is culture what we're saying is church there's a difference between those two things because people get culture and church confused culture is where we build the church God has given us this moment. God has called us to serve these people. God has called us to serve his kingdom in this moment. God has called us for such a time as this, but you can't get the culture confused with the church. This is the moment, but what we need to realize is this is where God has called us to build the church, but this isn't the thing that God's called us to be in alignment with because culture isn't our cornerstone. Christ is our cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. So we're looking back, like we're looking around, like how do we serve the people? How do we serve the the people in our community? How do we serve the world that God has brought us into the kingdom for such a time as this? How do we serve these people? So we're looking around trying to figure out how we can serve, but when we're looking for our alignment, we're not looking around, we're looking back at who Jesus was because being in alignment with Jesus is what makes us a church. And by the way, being in alignment with Jesus will put you in misalignment with the world, that if you're in alignment with the world, there's a good chance you're not in alignment with Jesus. And God hasn't called us to be in alignment with the world. He's called us to be in alignment with who Jesus was. And so we build, we build the church in whatever corners, whatever, whatever culture we're in, we're being in alignment with Jesus because the Bible tells us that Jesus is both the cornerstone and the capstone, that Jesus is the first stone that's going to be laid and he's going to be the last stone that gets laid, that he was the first and he was the last. And the way that we maintain our bearings in trying to serve a culture and serve a community and serve in this world is that we're living between the cornerstone stone and the capstone that we look back and if our church is in alignment with who Jesus was what Jesus said what Jesus taught and what Jesus did then we go we've got alignment with who Jesus we got alignment with the cornerstone and then we look ahead and we say Jesus is the capstone that Jesus is going to return as a triumphant king and when he comes back he is looking for a church not a charitable organization not some good works he's looking for a church that is without spot or wrinkle it's not tarnished by the culture of the world it's been in the world but it's not of the world it's maintained its identity as a church of Jesus Christ and the way that we maintain alignment as a church is we put ourselves between the cornerstone and the capstone and we say Jesus is the first Jesus is the last Jesus is the alpha Jesus is the omega Jesus is the beginning and Jesus is the end and we're not adding on anything else that doesn't fit between the cornerstone and the capstone everything that we add is going to be in alignment with what Jesus taught and it's going to be in alignment with who Jesus is and what he's coming back for. And Jesus is coming back for a church. Somebody praise God right now. What's our task? It's, it's to add on to what Jesus began, but staying in alignment between the cornerstone and the capstone. 
And, and all of this writing about a living stone and living stones is written by the Apostle Peter. Uh, the book is called First Peter, if that didn't give it away for you. It's written by a guy named Peter. And everything that he's writing comes from a moment that he had with Jesus. So we're, we're reading this epistle that was written years later, but when he's writing this, he is remembering a moment that he had with Jesus that Jesus himself marked as a defining moment. And it was a moment that Jesus said that he would build on. And in Matthew 16, you see what Peter is writing, you, we, is, the, the moment is chronicled for us, Matthew 16, 13 through 19. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. Did you notice that? He said, you're Simon Barjona, and now you're, now you're going to be, your name is something different. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So everything that Peter is writing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 is coming from this moment where he encountered Jesus in a significant way. And Jesus begins this moment intentionally by asking the question, who does culture say that I am? When, when, when he asks this question, who do people say that I am? You get the context that he's asking, what is culture saying about me? And, and they're saying, culture, culture is saying that you're possibly John the Baptist. Maybe Elijah, that may, you, you, you might be a prophet trying to do something in the nation of Israel. You may be Jeremiah, and, and each of these uh, meant something in their cultural context. John the Baptist would have had a following, and there would have been people who would have been believing for a return of Elijah, and Jeremiah who wept over the nation, and, 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 and each of them had a, had a cultural context. But it was when Jesus said, okay, I'm not worried about culture. Who do you say that I am? And that, that Peter says, you are, the, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I want you to notice that it began with, they say. They say, they say. There, there's a difference between the opinions of people and the revelation of Jesus Christ. They, they say was represented by people looking at Jesus through an earthly lens and trying to find a place for him in the current systems of the world. Like we're going to look through an earthly perspective and we're going to try, try to find Jesus's place in, in our earthly paradigms. And so they say, you're John the Baptist. Today in our culture, they say, they say, they say Jesus is a socialist. They say Jesus was a refugee. They say Jesus is a social justice champion. They say Jesus would align with this political party or that political party or whatever it is that, and it's looking at 
it's looking at the world through our earthly perspective and saying, I want to find a place for Jesus in the world that I know. And Jesus said, that's not the building block of my church. It's looking through this. They're looking through this earthly lens and trying to find a place for Jesus to align with a worldview that everybody else in the world has. And Jesus said, the building block of the church isn't an earthly thought. It's a spiritual experience that, that it's not, it's not this earthly ideology. And when he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, Hey, this is not flesh and blood there, You didn't learn this on social media because somebody posted a 60 second TikTok that they've never even read the Bible to know the context of. You didn't get this from that. You got this from a place of being in the presence of a God that is bigger than anything that is in this world. And it was a moment, and I want you to hear this, it was a moment that was from heaven, it was not from earth. It was not an earthly ideology, it was not a cultural awareness, it was not a task that he performed, it wasn't a good deed that he went and did, it was a faith that was received from an experience that happened with a living and a powerful and a mighty God, and it was transformative, it transformed him, it didn't make him feel better about who he was, it changed him from who he was into somebody he never would have been if he hadn't have encountered the living God and our faith isn't the product of what we do our faith is the product of who Jesus is that's the product of our faith it is not an outward expression of how good we are it is an inward revelation of how good Jesus is and the foundation of the church is an experience with Jesus that transforms us from old into new and we can't add on to a conversation that we don't know what it is And we can't begin something else because you cannot lay on this any other foundation except the foundation of Jesus Christ. And we can't preach the gospel if we don't know what the gospel is. And the gospel is the understanding that I was dead in my sins. But somebody told me the good news about Jesus being sent from heaven to earth. And I didn't deserve it. And I didn't earn it. And it wasn't something that I did to get it. It was the extravagant grace of a God that loved me and brought me an awareness that I was dead in my sin and the weight that I was carrying was the weight and the baggage of my own shame and guilt. But in a moment, Jesus loved me and took off the weight of my sin and it transformed me from what I was into what God called me to be. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's people experiencing the grace of God, experiencing the power of a living God. It's people experiencing what never could have been experienced anywhere else. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ because you don't even know who you are until you know who Jesus is it's a transformative moment and there are people trying to jump into the conversation and say church is church is church is well you're just you're just jelly beans we want to go back and say what was that moment between Jesus and Peter because that's what Jesus said he was going to build on That's what Jesus said he was going to add on to his church, was people not hijacking his church to advance earthly ideology, but church would be a place that was built on individuals receiving their personal encounter with the grace of God, the revelation of who Jesus is. And that was my introduction. This is a really long message. I got, I got 12 minutes to give you five more points. Five purposes of the church. I want to clarify 
what the Bible says, because if we want to keep building on, we can't build on another foundation. There's only one foundation that's been laid. It's Jesus Christ. So if we want to continue the conversation, we need to go back and get the beginning of the conversation. Amen, somebody? Five purposes of the church. Number one is to worship, the number one purpose is to worship Jesus. Ephesians 1, 14 says this, this, the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised. And I want you to notice this, that he has purchased us to be his own people. If there's something that you could understand is God saves you as a person to make you a people. Like we make salvation personal, it is. But you're saved as a person to become a people, and that's the people of God. And what it, what's, what's the purpose of this? He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Who is church for? Church is for Jesus. It, it's for him. It's about him. It's through him. And Jesus is for his church, and church is for Jesus, and Jesus is for his church. And I think sometimes one of the most forgotten people in church is just Jesus. That we do a lot of good works here. We help take care of orphans. We, 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 we fight global poverty. We, we, we fight for the unborn. We serve people. We love people. But can I tell you, if we didn't do any of that, if we just gathered in this room and we just stood and we beheld the glory of God, we would have performed one of the main purposes of the church, and that's just to glorify Jesus Christ just to worship Jesus, like to worship him. And it, it, it makes people uncomfortable that we lavish praise. Why you got all them lights? Why is there haze in the room? Because we lavish praise. We create everything. We use everything that we can to create moments that just say, our God is awesome and he's amazing. There was a woman that walked in. Jesus was having dinner with some people. And she had saved up a year's worth, a year's salary worth of oil. A year's salary. Think about, think about how hard it is to make money, much less save up an entire year's worth of salary. And she brought it in the form of an alabaster box in oil. And she walked in and she just dumped it all on the feet of Jesus. And the Bible, I love the way the Bible says it. It says some people criticized, and then, some, and then when it got down to it, you know who was one criticized? Judas was the one that was stirring it all up, saying she could have sold that for the poor. She could have done all of that. And yet Jesus said, no, 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 no. This is a beautiful moment. This is worship. She has identified something in this world, and that is she's identified who I am, and she's already anointed me by faith for my burial because I'm not going to stay there long enough for them to anoint my body, so she's already done it. And I just want to tell you, one of the purposes of the church is to gather in this room and just pour oil on the feet of Jesus. Just stand and worship Jesus for his goodness and his grace and his love and his mercy and there's seven there's seven churches in the book of revelation uh, that jesus speaks to and he speaks encouragement and in coast life language he speaks a little coaching he, he gives, a, gives, gives a little correction to his churches he has some words to say to them and the church at ephesus he, he writes and he says you hate the work of the nicolaitans and i hate it i hate it too i hate the work he's like but i have this against you You've left your first love. And one of the things that we can never forget is, yes, we're called to love the world and we're called to love people, 
But come on, Coast Life, we can never leave the first love, and that's the love for Jesus Christ. That's, that's the primary of our church is to worship Jesus. Here's the second purpose of the church is to equip the people of God to do ministry. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 12. Is this all right? Can we go back and get the original conversation? I know there's this conversation, but I want to go back and get this conversation. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Those are gifts. I'm your gift. You're welcome. God gave me to One of my favorite passages in the Bible right there. Their responsibility. I have a responsibility. It's to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. The body of Christ. The, the, the five, what we call the five-fold ministry, the responsibility, the ministry of the ministry is to equip people to do ministry. Does that make sense? Like that's, that's what we do. Well, how, how do we do that? We help develop giftings. There, there's so many people in this room, the enemy has lied to you and convinced you that whatever ability you have is meaningless and insignificant, and he did that because he knows the moment that you use it for the kingdom of God, God's going to do incredible things through it. So part of our job is to say, hey, you have been lied to. We see the gifting of God on you. Well, I'm just an admin. Yeah, actually, God gave you that gift so you could serve the body of Christ. Well, I just love hosting people and being hospitable. Well, God gave you that gift because he wanted you to create a place where people felt welcomed in the house of God. Well, I just, I just, well, no, that's the ministry of the church is we call it out. That's why you need to go to growth track because that's the beginning process of us saying, like the enemy has delegitimized your gift and we're here to tell you God put it in you so that you could use it to serve him and then we helped develop it where I stepped back into leadership track on Tuesday nights and I love I love just speaking to leaders people taking ownership of the house of God just speaking over that potential and and calling it out one of the other things that we do is we help develop gifts but one of the other things that we do is we teach doctrine and I pray that we serve well in what we're doing today and that is just identifying what does the Bible say and I want to encourage you in this, in this moment, I want to encourage you to fortify your mind with the Word of God. Because we're living in a moment where people have strong emotions and weak minds. So they feel strong, but they don't think strong. And there's a problem with that is the Bible says that if you can't rule your spirit, you're like a city that has walls that are broken down. In other words, anytime the enemy wants to come in and plunder you, he can because there's nothing to defend your emotions. And right now, there are Christians who are getting jerked around and manipulated by people who go, well, you're a Christian. You should, you should, you should. Listen, we should be the most compassionate people in the world, but we should also be the smartest people in the world. And we should be harmless as doves, but we should be as wise as serpents, according to what Jesus said. And some of us are getting manipulated by our emotions and it's causing us to get derailed off of what God has for us because we haven't used the wisdom that God gave us to control our emotions and direct it into the appropriate places because some of us are vulnerable. You know, when, Je- when Jesus was on the earth, the enemy tried to take advantage of him because he had not eaten for 40 days. That's when the enemy came to tempt him. How many of you know that you're emotionally vulnerable when you're hungry? I, I, I get emotionally vulnerable. I go four hours without food. I'm emotionally vulnerable. 
uncomfortable. I could snap at you. I could say things that are not Christian, not godly. I could make some bad decisions. Like, it's a real thing. It honestly is. I'm joking, but it is a real thing. If you could just be physically hungry and depleted, and the enemy could come in. That's when the enemy chose, because he thought he could manipulate Jesus when he was emotionally vulnerable. And every time the enemy came, Jesus didn't respond emotionally. He responded mentally with, you're saying that, but God's word already said this. And I want to encourage you in this season, lean in, lean into the word, lean into the preaching of the word of God. Go to, go to YouTube and listen to the podcast. Go, go to Together Group and dig in with your Together Group with what the Bible says. And, and, and let's make it about getting into the word of God. For we get resources, buy some books like you are a Christian. God has called you to be compassionate, but God has also called you to be wise. And right now there are people who are being, the, anytime the enemy wants to manipulate them, all he does is he just goes into their walls. He goes into their city where there's no walls and he just begins to jerk them around emotionally and they don't have the wisdom of the word of God to say, no, that's not the actual place that we're going to put compassion. We're going to go here and we're going to build the church and we're going to actually do things that doesn't enable people to live in destruction, but actually empowers them to overcome the things that are going on in their life. And I want to encourage you to fortify your mind with the word of God. And then the third thing is, I don't have time to deal with it, but we, we want to help you develop spiritual discipline. You, you, need, a, you need a rich life in, in the word of God and in prayer and again go to grow track if you really want to step up go to you got to get invited to leadership track but if you'll see me I probably got some connections <laughs> lean in here's the third thing we work together to spread the gospel it's amazing of all the things that I hear today about people saying what the church should be what the church should be nobody's mentioning spreading the gospel right now wow. Matthew 28 18 through 19 18 and 19 Jesus came now Jesus get you get the picture Jesus is about to he's he's resurrected he's about to ascend to heaven and he's leaving final instructions how many of you think this is important <laughs> I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and of the holy spirit is called the great commission what do we do we disciple nations well, the church shouldn't be involved in politics. The, shir- the church shouldn't be involved in culture. No, we're here to disciple nations. We actually have the truth of the word of God. So we step into culture and we say to culture, how's that working out? That's your ideology on sex. How's that actually working out for you? Because it looks like it's destroying you and not helping you. We actually want to disciple you about what, was, what is the truth about human sexuality. How's that working in your marriage? How's, how's chasing every dream and every, every material possession and every trip? How's that working in your finances? We actually have a better plan. God has a better plan for your life. We disciple nations. That's what we do, guys. We need to realize and we need to get our confidence back that we are here to serve the community and we're here to serve the country by teaching the country the word of God and standing bold in what God has called us to be. Because one of the things that we forgot is that we're supposed to go into all the world and say, we know that's your culture, but that culture is actually destructive. Let us teach you kingdom culture. It's what will actually build your community and your nation. And somebody right now is probably saying, because I've just been around long enough, why'd y'all buy that big building? Why are you spending millions of dollars on that and on that relocation because we're going to disciple this city because this is our part of the nation we're going to disciple this whole city we're going to disciple venice we're going to disciple northport we're going to disciple inglewood we're just going to disciple people and we're going to teach them the kingdom of god we're going to help them discover the truth and the truth is going to set them free we're here to disciple our part of the world somebody give god some praise
Here's, here's number four. I've got 18 seconds to do two points. Number four, church is a place of meeting. Jesus defined and gave purpose to his church when he went to the, the temple. And I love this image of Jesus because everybody has this image of Jesus being like super soft and passive. And y'all, he got a whip and just went and beat some people and like overthrew <laughs> tables. Like, can we deal with that Jesus for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus loves people, but he loves his house too. Yeah. And he went and cleansed, cleansed the house because there was this discrepancy of some people were in and some people were out. And the way they had set up this, this structure, they were basically ripping people off. And Jesus said this, this is where I get this point. He said, you've made my house a den of thieves, but my house shall be a house of prayer for all people. That church is a place where everyone has an opportunity to meet God. That this is where we gather. I know you can encounter God in your personal life. I know that. But we don't have temples and we don't have physical structures. But wherever the church is, that's the place God has ordained. Where it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. That is a place where every person gets the opportunity to meet the God of heaven. And if I could, if I could, I would make life fair. I I would do it. I I I would make everything equal for everyone. But you guys know as well as I do that there is no, there's no person on the wor- in the world that will ever be able to make life fair. Right. There are going to be people that walk through problems that other people don't have to walk through. There are going to be people that have things happen in their world that other people, that stuff isn't going to happen. There's going to be people who get opportunities that other people don't get. Like it's just, the, it's just the reality of life. But here's what I love about the house of God is it doesn't matter how unfair life is. When you come to church, everybody gets the opportunity to meet the same God. Everybody gets the same opportunity. Doesn't matter who you are. Like, man, this person has a lot of money in their bank account. This person has no money in their bank account. Those people both get to encounter the same God. That it doesn't matter. Like, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm this person. I'm from this nation and I'm from a different nation. Here's the deal. We all get to encounter the same grace of God. The same grace that visited me as a guy is the same grace that visited somebody else that's a woman. It's the same grace. It doesn't matter who you are. We all get the same goodness. We get the same grace. We get the same freedom. We get to meet the same God that can help us. It doesn't matter what your problems are. It matters who the one that can solve the problems are. And we all get to meet the God that can help us climb up from where we are and get to where God intended us to be because come on this is a meeting place we come to meet God and we all get the opportunity to receive the exact same grace salvation goodness peace favor blessing it's all here there's calling there's anointing it's all here and the good news is it doesn't matter how unfair life is it's level ground at the foot of the cross it is absolutely level ground we all get to get to the come to the same place and have faith and we all get to receive from the same goodness of God here's the fifth thing we advance the kingdom of God we advance it this is what the church does we bind and loose that's what Jesus said he said I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of God and people get confused about that because they think you know the church it, it's re- it's restricting and loosing it's like saying this is not okay and this is okay and so people get bad doctrine on this because they think that the church has the power to say okay well that's that's not a sin anymore that was back then it's okay now and that that is not the case we do have some keys but we don't have those keys (laughs) 
to put it this way, it's like when you were a teenager and your parents gave you a key to their house. You had access to it, but it wasn't your house. And I've got some keys today. I've got some access today. But guys, this is not, <laughs> this is not my house. This is Jesus' house. And I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't set the rules of the house. Jesus did that 2,000 years ago. He set the rules of the house, but what do I have? I have access today to everything God said we could have, and we have the ability to bind what's wrong and loose what's right in this house today. We have the ability to say, hey, you're walking through sickness and disease. We don't believe that's the will of God. We're going to pray and ask God to lose healing over your life. You lost a job. We just believe that God's going to help you find a better job. He's going to help provide all of your needs. You're walking through depression and anxiety. We're just going to step in and we're going to bind depression and anxiety. And we're going to lose the peace of God over your life. You've been walking through panic attacks. And right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we lose joy unspeakable and of glory over your life you've been walking through all kinds of stuff trials and tribulation we speak victory and we lose victory over your life today you've been walking through lack and you've been going through poverty we command and we speak blessing we speak provision over your life today that we have access to the keys of the kingdom of God come on if you believe it today would you give Jesus some praise stand, stand on your feet Anybody grateful for God's house today? This is God's house. This is His church. We're just simply adding on, staying in alignment with the cornerstone and the capstone. We don't curse culture, God called us to reach culture. We just aren't aligning with culture. We're aligning with Jesus. And can we just agree that we need to get some confidence back? We just need to rise up and we need to disciple this nation. Disciple this community. Teach the word of God. Baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Add building blocks onto his house. And today we have the ability to bind and loose. And one of the things that we're going to lose in this room right now is salvation. Not a, not a ritualistic form of salvation, not an earthly idea. It's a moment that somebody has in the presence of God. Where God's presence encounters them. Where a significant moment happens. And there's a lot of people that have found religion. There's not many that have found Jesus. And what I want to invite you to... It's not an earthly religious idea. It is a spiritual experience. It's a moment that the Apostle Paul had. He was going to actually persecute and kill Christians. And on the road to Damascus, the power of God hit his life. And he said, Lord, Lord. And the interesting thing is Jesus had to say, it's me, Jesus. He called him Lord before he even knew it was Jesus. Because that's the power of God. When you encounter the presence of God, you know that you've encountered something so significant that you're ready to serve Jesus. He was physically blinded, but his eyes were spiritually open. And I'm praying today for eyes to be open 
all across this room. Come on, I want to pray for you. Father, I, th- I pray that there would be a significant moment in this place. That Jesus, you'd be alive in your house. And today we, we bind sin. We break its stronghold. And we release salvation in this place. We release the presence of God. Come on, I'm going, to lead us, I'm going to lead us in a prayer today. Can I just tell you that there is absolutely no power in repeating a prayer, but there is power in your faith when you call on the name of Jesus. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a prayer. These are my words. You're welcome to use them. But what God is looking for isn't just for you to mindlessly repeat something. What God is looking, you can grab these words, but here's what God is looking for. He's looking for the cry of your heart to come out in these words he's looking for somebody who today knows that the presence of God there's a spiritual experience that heaven is in this room right now that there's a spiritual experience and somebody today is going to experience the grace of God by faith they're going to receive it and they walked in one person but when they leave they're leaving a whole new person forever changed by the grace of God so come on all across this room Maybe this is your moment. Maybe you've never prayed to receive Christ. Maybe you've never called on the name of Jesus for salvation. Maybe you've been around church your whole life, but you've never really had a moment where you surrendered to the power of God, where you really surrendered to the presence of Jesus. Come on, this is your moment. All across this room, would you say this prayer? Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin make me a new person today I receive you as my leader and my Lord and I'll never be the same in Jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. come on can we give Jesus some praise come on we're going to make this a moving forward moment I I believe somebody in their heart and their mind just took a step of faith just crossed the threshold of saying I'm never going back today I'm fully surrendered fully in following Jesus Christ come on if that's you I'm going to count to three when I get to three if that was you I want you to raise your hand and I want you to make it a declaration that today Jesus is Lord and today I'm not going back I'm going forward in Jesus name come on you ready Coast Life Church and believing that this is somebody's day somebody's day to find out who they are that the old is gone and the new has come. Come on, on the count of three. One, two, if that's you, three. Would you raise your hand in the air and just say, today's my day. Today's my day. See it, see it, see it, see it. Come on, give them a great hand. Say welcome to the family of God. Hey, thank you for joining us and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible. And you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening and God bless you.